With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Thank you. 
This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics, the rad. Please don't drink and drive. And don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. In times like these, strangers at your door should be treated cautiously. But unwelcome strangers in your home can be your worst nightmare. Home invasion is a form of armed robbery where criminals break into homes through unlocked or open doors and windows. They even trick people into opening their doors to confront victims face-to-face. They can be after money and valuables, threaten personal assault, or take members of the family. But you can be proactive against these disturbing attacks. Learn how to protect yourself against home invasion. Never open the door to strangers. Secure your home with high security locks and quality door and window hardware. Consider a home security system and even a dog. It's also a good idea to devise an action plan for your family in case intruders ever do enter your home. To learn more about how to keep your home safe from intruders, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessary. The stress views of Canada This is Nation Talk. Back when I had a little, I thought that I'd be the line. A little was overrated, but a lot was a little too complicated. See, nigga didn't satisfy me. A million didn't make me happy. That's when I learned the lesson. That is all about your perception. Hey, are you a papa or a superstar? So you act so you feel so you are. It ain't about the size of your car. It's about the size of a baby in your heart and home. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. You don't have to pay the last. You better thank God for that. And home. It doesn't cost a thing to smile. Don't have to pay the last. You better thank God for that. There's home. I met a young brother that made me feel that I could accomplish anything. You see, just like me, he wanted to think he had no windows and no doors. He lived a simple life and was extremely poor. On top of all of that, he had no eyesight. That didn't keep him from seeing the light. He said, What's the light? Good evening and welcome to another nation talk. And also, 
tips on how to keep your teen healthy at college and a hell of a farewell to Queen of Soul, Rita Franklin. Conservatives, social, social media go bananas over Trump's populist now blunder. Yeah. Coming from the American bunker, Trump versus the media. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is June 10th this year.
year-on-year wage. Gains, gains rose to 2.7%. Black unemployment dropped to, dropped to a record of 5.9% a month after Hispanic unemployment hit a record low of 4.9%. The only thing more stunning was the mainstream media's announcement of the economic milestone, milestone typified by NBC News' glaring headline. Trump breaks protocol with job report tweet. It seems obvious now that we've reached a tipping point where the mainstream news media are so thoroughly intoxicated with a numerous toward this president that their the journalistic sobriety is in stake permanent collapse. Even handed reported reporting is eventually seen as capitalization to the end of beating Trump and anyway would, no doubt, be considered treacherous. Is it, is it media bias anymore? This is war. He's raging war against the media. in the beginning. Wondering why media is having such a hard time with uh, this president. Why uh, just I know, you know, just just beat him up. <laughs> he's calling it fake news. He's calling anything that is not um that he's not that doesn't he don't like, he call it fake news. Uh media bias is PBS using Dave Brooks of the New York Times as But anyway, why is the question really is if our freedom of speech is being hurt, is it being uh, tampered with now? Because if we don't agree with he, if you don't, if we don't agree with what this president says, I'm going to turn around to you, fake news. He's going to, he's going to criticize that reporter, that journalist, 
gonna call him out. As he has, as he has done many times. He has done it many times. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the journalists, I believe, are getting a little bit sick of him and his tyrants. Lead the yard. Let's go to the phones. Yeah. And, uh, let's go to the phones and, uh, oh, no, Excuse me, I'm going to go out and coach. Hey, Mike. I didn't want none of that. Hey. How you doing? Good. Hey, congratulations on your retirement. Yay. Thank you. Join the club. Join the club. <laughs> yep. I am so I glad. glad. What, what did you do for excitement? Really not much, mostly just sleep. <laughs> Get out of here. Don't start that. Don't start that, that, that sleeping, laying low and laying back. That'll get you lazy, my brother. <laughs> well, it, I ain't got to get up and hit no clock for nobody. Woo-hoo. That's right. I remember them days. Boy. I don't have to get up. I don't have to. I want to get up out the bed early. If I want to get up, I can get up. If I want to lay down, I just lay down. Lay down, all right now. <laughs> just hey, just don't get on Vanessa's nerves. <laughs> oh no, oh no, no, I'm not gonna get on her nerves. <laughs> all right, now. Hey, that's, hey, that's the key. Keep that. Yeah. Hey, keep your house. Keep your house in peace. <laughs> oh yeah, and keep my office clean. My my office slash studio clean. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, what's on your topic tonight? Because you got to do something with that audio, man. How is the audio now? I couldn't hardly hear you. Couldn't hardly you can't hear hardly hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now because we're talking directly. But before, when uh, the announcements and stuff were going on, yeah, when you first started talking, the only thing I heard was, this is war. Because I just did a message about about uh, war. Oh. I came on, yeah, I came on yeah, early the, tonight. Yeah, I wanted the, to finish doing things, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The media, uh, Trump is having a field day. Yeah. With, yeah, but I heard that the media was, was uh, joining forces against them, too. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, that he he called him. He, he he believe it or not, he he will call out those. He will call out those those um those folks who um who call it fake news. Fake news. Uh. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I tell you what. He can say what they what he want to say, but when they start to bringing up the truth, like this ain't fake, this ain't fake, they can get him for li- liable. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff. At least put in a charge against us. Yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff they could get him on. Hmm. So, look here, I have a question for you. Yeah. I've been listening to some of their media talking about Amorosa. (laughs) Yeah. How she got all of these tapes together. And uh, Simon & Schuster gave her a contract for a whole lot of money. Oh, yeah. So, and they told Trump was going to sue sue her about putting those tapes out. And Simon and Schuster <laughs> backed her up. So, evidently, she must got something on on the situation. They must be. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, only, thing, only thing I was saying to the media is that Amarosa better be careful. By her mm-hmm. being a black person, mm-hmm. they said, "Well, maybe she slept with him." That don't mean nothing. What about that lady? What about that lady they were accusing of? Uh, what she was a prostitute, a dancer, or something? That P- porn star, to, huh? The porn star. Yeah. Well, guess what? You see, Trump ain't ain't wavered. Hmm. He, he probably he paid it off. Hey, he, that's all right. But guess what? Trump ain't worried about a thing because if he, hey, 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 if he went with her, who is Amarosa going to try to uh, convince that? And so what? You know, he got a little black stuff. Hey, <laughs> he got a taste of that black stuff. Mm-hmm. And what else? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's the mentality, man. Uh-huh. He, he don't care. So she say, so she say, he... She gave him a little bit. Big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he he will not run to the altar. That's what he needs to do. He, he will not run to the altar and ask the Pope to forgive him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He could care less about what they said about Amorosa. Uh, but the only thing about some of the legal stuff now, oh yeah, he could bring it against the administration. You know what I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. There's a whole lot of shaking going. I have never heard such stuff like this in administration in my in my in my life. And guess what? <laughs> this is one of the kind. Yes, yeah, so. Immature, childish, whatever you may call it, whatever you may call it, that's what that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm telling you, you're all right now. Huh. It, and it doesn't make any sense. And but you know what? You know what really, really gets me though. It's for those people who are supposed to be evangelicals. Those people who are supposed to represent God and, and, the, and the church and the body of Christ and the word yeah. of God saying that Trump was sent by God. You know what I mean? Now, that is so, mm-hmm. 
and I know you've heard that one before, right? Yeah, I actually saw it on YouTube. I saw it on that, YouTube. That Trump was Trump was a uh, sent by God to do this, do that, the other. Like God don't need no devil to to do his work. <laughs> you know what I mean? He got enough problems as it is. You know, he got he, he got a hand as it is. <laughs> now that's a that's an insult. That's an insult to the word and and the, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That that the Lord used Trump to uh, to to disrupt all of the stuff that's going on in the world. That doesn't what that what that scripture talk about the devil against his own self, the kingdom against his own self. Mm-hmm. Divide um, divide against his own self. Well, you know that don't make no sense, man. It don't. It really it it don't make any sense. All this is going on, and it's not but scandal. A whole lot of scandal and yeah. in the in the mundo and all kinds of stuff. Sound like a yeah. sound like a soap opera. <laughs> a White Ooh. House soap opera. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you. I mean, it it is a trip. I mean, a trip right. on the real. Uh, uh, don't you touch that. Yeah, yep. hold on. All right, now. Uh, uh, I want some. You want some? Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Alright. Now hold on. We're coming back <laughs> with some more. It's 26 minutes after the hour. And it's a rainy night in Georgia. Over in Byron suitcase. Try. Thank you. 
Imagine a friend has just told you they were diagnosed with a mental illness. What would you do? Awkward, isn't it? But what's even more awkward is, if you're not there for them, they'll be less likely to recover. Mental illness. What a difference a friend makes. To learn more, go to whatadifference.org. This message is brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
coming up later on tonight, we're talking about, uh, I like how Mike Lee calls him, Agent Orange. And the media, and how the media is really, really getting on this White House nerve. Back to giving them a giving the White House a headache, even the president a headache. Uh, uh, Agent Orange. <laughs> that was Spike Lee causing. Right, you still there? Uh oh. Uh oh. Effective. 
ex Bushy Nicole Wallace, Deadline Washington, Deadline White House, the Daily Love In for Trump haters, routinely challenges and sometimes beats the rating of Fox Neil Cavuto and CNN's Jake Tapper in the 4 o'clock p.m. time slot. MSNBC, and again, he has this thing against against CNN and MSNBC. MSNBC analyst Steve Smith, former counselor to Vice President Cheney, is famous for his fully automatic burst of signature second Sacramentinoi about the more depravement, depravity of the Trump of the Trump White House and the Republican Party. Still, with his sharpest weapon and the most difficult for any conservative to watch as being used. That verbally icon of the right, George Will. Ooh. Will's highbrow. Mm-hmm. against President Trump delivered one cue to a smirky Lawrence O'Donnell was solemnly nodding tired hard to witness. But one must expects him to hold up a copy of today's newspaper to prove he's still an alive and happy hostage. Doesn't stop there. Liberal media have even managed to charge Brother President Trump with the Roseanne debacle. At the time, they have twisted themselves into pretzel worthy of Bill Clinton with their tortured distinction between Roseanne Barr's racial tweet and Samantha Bee's unconsolable vulgarity aimed at the president's daughter. The Roseanne show was ultimately terminated for Barr's transgression. But B-Show was not canceled solely, not surprising because of the object of comedian's reckless humor was named Ivanaka and not Chelsea. Progressive also viewed the revelations of MSNBC Joy Reid by postings homophobic remark 9-11 truther sympathets and a cartoon Viking war hero John McCain to the Virginia Tech shooter as hardly worth an eye, a raised eyebrow. Why? 
Because we is a rising star, an icon of color and training for the liberal elite. Apology for reactionary words, which included conservative positions on immigration, had to merit instant and reconciliation. Even through the apology, was accomplished, accompanied by a knowing lie that someone had hacked into her account and written those same quotes for which she apologized. A ludicrous claim that has been completely debunked. As she hasn't blame President Trump on the Russians for the hacking yet. But if the Wayback Machine finds more scrupulous sentiments and heretical political views of that day, other quote unquote, other QIV, anything is possible. What's not possible is any lesson for the fury of these political battles and the toxic climate of 2018, at least not until after the midterm election, which are likely to be the most continuous non-presidential contest with the highest voter participant ever recorded in our nation's history. On the left will be candidates of every liberal stripe, buoyed by a swell of progressive outrage and lionized by complicit news media, all fighting passionately against one opponent on the right whose name does doesn't appear on any ballot. Ah, this is a long article. You get the drift. Um, MSNBC, CNN has been the targets of of Anti-Trump. This program also has done anti-Trump as well. We've also done anti-Trump since since day one. He has since he's been elected, and it's going to continue until the day he. Until the day he says adios to Washington, we don't have to hear about him no more. <sighs> yep. MSNBC and CNN, they are really, they are racking up points for with the, <laughs> with what they're doing. Mikey there? Yeah. 
those are two those are two yeah. networks that he don't like. Those are two that give him a headache. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's making news. That's the that's the and that's the thing. <laughs> it's making it's making a lot of news. Now, when President Obama was there, they there were some who did criticize him. There's some who said, "Okay, well, he, they had some that did criticize him for this, that, and the other." And they got some said, "Okay, well, okay, maybe maybe it's not that bad." Yeah, I don't know. But this president, ooh wee. They have given him. They're giving him a headache. I predict that this is going to be a one-term, one-term president. One term. And they got to have somebody. To have somebody Not that will really challenge him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, really challenge him. Yeah. It needs somebody. To, it needs somebody to really be a challenge to him. So. That's just the gist of the of the whole thing. <laughs> Mike? Hey! You finished pressing? <laughs> Man, I don't know about this political stuff. I'm going to be, hey, it's going to be thicker and thicker and Smellier and smellier. <laughs> Man, it's good. It it's a mess now. And wait till the midterm elections. <laughs> and speaking of yeah, and speaking of politics, I'm getting so sick and tired of hearing the the ads that. I assume that the Republican Party against a gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. They they are really they they are saturated the they have really saturated the the TV with all these things that they I don't know where they get it from that she. Earn so many millions of dollars, and that she—I don't know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really weird. Yeah, that's why they call it. That's why they call it propaganda. Yep. And they—they're really trying to discourage, um, discourage a lot of voters. But I don't think that's going to stir. That's not going to. 
discourage anyone. I don't think let's, so. Hey, let's let's look at let, let, let's look at something really really positive. How remember when Joseph told his brothers, "Say you meant it for evil, but God turned it around and made it for good." Uh huh. So this propaganda can backfire on them. That's why that's why every person can get together and say, "Uh uh-uh. uh." This is unacceptable, and we're going to support this woman no matter what. Yep. No matter what they say about her, not to try to go uh, toe-to-toe or head-to-head with with a negative campaign. She has not done one negative campaign. She has not done one negative campaign. Her campaign, her, her ad was very positive. Very, very yeah, that's what that's what she should focus on. Yep. Focus on helping the people and and building the economy. Yep. And that's what she right? Yep. And she and she wants to do something with the schools or better schools. She wants to do better something with more better jobs for the state. There's a whole lot of things there's a whole that's a that's a laundry list of things she wants to do. It's a laundry list she wants to do for the state of Georgia. So what she got to do, she got to hit the pavement. Oh, yeah. Hit the pavement, bro. Oh, yeah. I believe... (laughs) She has been... She has been... Really, she has been campaigning all over the state. And and I told Vanessa, I said, I'm not going to say anything. But watch when she wins, they go. All of them going. All of them going. Going out that tongue hanging out their mouth, and wondering hey, what the heck went on. Well, she. You remember when Obama did when nobody knew about him? He was on his BlackBerry. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> what she gonna have to do. She gonna have to get out there. And, and, and make herself known, known, and known. Oh yeah, she she is she she's a Washington insider. She is definitely. I mean, um, I'm state. She's a um, state house insider. She she's what the state. She's been with the state of Georgia. Uh, for, so she, for, she's worked. She's worked with she, the state before. Oh yeah 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 yeah. She she was a. I think she was a legislator. Um, or something uh, I can't remember what it was, but she's she's experiencing she's experiencing government. She's experienced. Right. She's a representative. I think she's a house representative. I think she's a house representative, state house representative. Uh, okay. I can't remember. What, I don't know what county. I can't remember what I can't remember what county she's from, but she's a state rep. She's a state rep. She definitely knows. Um. Georgia and you know Georgia politics, and I think she's trying to change the good old change the good old boy thing that's been going on for so many years. You know the yep. good old boy, the good old boy yeah, network. Old... <laughs> hey, I used to the back the back room filled with cigars, cigars, and then yep, and, and a couple of beers. <laughs> yep. Woo, Billy, the Billy beer. 
<laughs> yep. Right, yep, yeah, in the smoke filled room and all that. And boy, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna say anything when back in the day with the with the chicken dinner. Oh yeah. Boy, boy, when when boy when she wins, it's gonna be a whole. When she, I ain't gonna say nothing when she up and up and surprise and win. That's gonna be a shocker to everybody, and she gonna make history too. All right now, she gonna definitely make history. That's why. That's why she gonna have to get out there and make for sure. That them people that that make sure that she gets people registered, registered, and double registered to vote. I mean, oh, yeah. give her people, give her people to hit the pavement, and make for sure people are registered, and get them, uh, how you call it, uh, uh, you put them on the road on the record, yep, on the book, yep, so Get them ready for November. Get them, get them registered. Get them people registered. Yep. Now hold on. Uh, all right. We are coming up to the top of the hour. We're eight minutes away. Eight minutes. Eight minutes away from the top of the hour. This is Nation Talk, your Sunday yes. evening for one. The all new talk show. Looking for a lift? Experience a seed from the sword with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia. A London church bears this sign. Not everyone who attends this church is converted. Watch your handbags. Some church members profess one thing but practice another. But when one becomes a Christian, he never forgets the reverence due to God, the rights due to man, and the respect due to self. The Christian life is no mere church-going, hymn-singing, escape from the obligations of life. It's real, and it shows its influence in your life. The Bible, in describing a Christian, says he keeps his promise, even if it ruins him. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's Daily Devotional, Seeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Metter, Georgia, 30439. Visit us on the web at thesower.com. Hey, Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately, there's something else we've got way too much of. Childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing. This problem is entirely solvable. Seriously, we already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
the Tram Radio Network with Minister Kennedy Tranky. Mazzanota. 
colleges, most college prep lists focus on campus supplies for your team. From sheets to a mini fridge. Before you start packing up packing up boxes, take something take some time out to talk about health. When your child goes away to college, that's really hard as a parent, according to Dr. Elizabeth Murray. Have the conversation early on. Until we've always here for you. Don't ever be afraid to call if you need us. Now, Dr. Murray is a pediatric and professor at University of of Rochester Health Center. And Dr. Robin Goodwich, she's a clinical psychologist and professor at the University Medical Center. Now, here's some of the tips that she recommend. Oh, before I do that, here's by the here's numbers. By the numbers. Um, parents, parents, reports, reports of, of stress and anxiety in teens are on the rise by 62% of college students college. in 2016 who felt Overwhelming anxiety, according to American College Health Association. Now, here's some tips that they suggest. Schedule a checkup. There will be lots of health-related forms that your doctor can help you complete, plus booster shots, usually for Tetanus, A, and meningitis vaccine. Have an emergency plan. Find the hospital nearest to campus and agree on what to do if your teen gets sick at school. Is 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 it a time? This isn't a time. Google, says Dr. Murray. Review the medical history. In an emergency, says Dr. Murray, the team needs to be able to clearly communicate his or her own history. Everything from past broken bones to certain allergies. Another suggestion she makes is find a pharmacy. If your teen takes regular medication, make a plan for filling those prescriptions. Discuss safe sex and drinking. The legal drinking age in the U.S. is 21, but where there are college college kids, there's usually sex and alcohol. Drinking can have serious consequences on 
consequences. So set boundaries for what's acceptable for your family. That's Dr. Murray. And STD prevention is just as important as pregnancy control. And finally, deal with stress and anxiety. School and peer pressure are the most common stressors among teens. Signs anxiety include sleep problems, usual moodiness, and changes in appetite. It can play a big role by being available to talk, says Dr. Gurkwich. Help them come up with plans for when they feel anxious in the future. That is just some suggestions for. That's just some suggestions for. Those those kids who get ready go go get ready to go to college. And uh, it's a good idea. Keep in touch with them. Touch with them. Uh, good idea to do that. Um, prevention. Prevention. This is all, but prevention. Prevention. Such a feeling's coming over me. There is wonder in most everything I see. Not a cloud in the sky, got the sun in my eyes, and I won't be surprised if it's a dream. Everything I want the world. Is now coming true, especially for me. And the reason is clear, it's because you feel the nature and heaven that I'm on top of the world, down on creation, and the only explanation I can find is the Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I found this article online. And I, I, I chose Vanessa now. And boy, oh boy. <laughs> I read it. I thought it was weird. And, uh... Okay, here's the article. And this is coming from... Uh, what magazine this is coming from? Oh, no, this is from Yahoo News. Okay, yeah, this is from... Yahoo News. 
Satanic temple spots uproar by unveiling statue of goat-headed winged creature called Baphomet in Arkansas State Capitol. Mike? Yo! You heard that? I didn't hear quite understand what you were saying because, you know what? You're echoing like mad, man. I am? Not now, but when you're on the air? Yeah. It's different between you and on the phone and then when you were just speaking. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I, I can, yeah, I, I can kind of hear it on the phone. Um, okay. But I was listening to what you were talking about, what the, the announcer was talking about, the hunger in America and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about keeping uh, keeping your teen healthy while they're going to college. Ooh. Okay, well, look at them. What about what about our regular kids? They're getting up too early in the morning to get to school early. The parents, the ones who are still home, ain't getting up cooking no breakfast. So they go home, they go to school hungry. That's why all this hunger in America. Ninety percent of all Americans that's not working got food stamps, and ain't no excuse. Yep. Yep. No excuse for a child to be hungry in America. Nope. So when they go to school hungry, that means that the lazy parent is either working or don't want to get up and fix no food, fix no breakfast for them. Exactly. So you know, and sometimes and sometimes I have um breakfast at school. I don't. Uh-huh. Be honest with you, the breakfast breakfast ain't bad in the morning. Well, <laughs> some some of those school districts that um kids kids don't eat that breakfast because they said they don't want it. Yeah. So now what you gonna do? <laughs> I know that's right. Sure. I don't know. What? Well, this art that this article I found on you on Yahoo. Oh. You, 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 <laughs> I, I when I first saw it and read it, I'm going, Oh no, they didn't. Yeah. Santanic Temple sparks uproar by unveiling oh. statue. Oh of goat-headed, winged creature called Baphomet in Arkansas State Capitol. What? Yep. Yep. That's a sign sign of the demon. Yeah. Satan worshippers turn out to the the cheer the the unveiling of a bronze statue dedicated to a goat-winged Creature called uh, Baphomet, B A P H O M E T, and and this is in Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> no, the the Satanic Temple organiz, organization arranged to rally outside the Arkansas State Capitol building to protest. Get this. A Ten Commandments monument already on the ground. 
Uh-huh. Although okay. the striking eight and a half foot tall icon was only allowed to be on display temporarily. Fans, oh, temporarily. Uh, temporarily. Okay. Satanists okay. argue they should be allowed to erect the winged goat effigy on a permanent basis under the freedom of religion rights outlined in the U.S. Constitution. Ooh, you joking? Nah, is more. Satan Arkansas co Satan Arkansas co-founder Ivy Forster, one of the rally organizers, said, "If you're going to have one religious monument up, then it should be open to others." And if you don't agree with that, then let the display let the display inspire a counter protest. Well, oh, no, no, just not have any at all. The, oh, I, the, I agree with that. I will agree with it. Well, remember, the, remember the Old Testament where uh, they brought the, the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. To the temple. Yeah. And Dagon was found laying on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> ah, all right now. So the display, the display inspired a counter protest by Christian activists, while a leading Republican politician in the state condemned the satanic icon as offensive. Not one of Arkansas legislators respond to a letter sent by the Santa Temple urging them to make this thing, whatever its name is, a, a lasting feature in, in Little Rock, according to KATV News. The Ten Commandment monument was put first put up last year after a bill sponsored by Republican Senator Jason Rappert was passed. Mr. Rappert said he represented, he respected the Santanic protesters' First Amendment rights to practice their religion, but also described them as extremists. The state senator said, he's quoting, I'm quoting here, I will be a it will be a very cold day in hell before an offensive statue will be forced upon us to be permanently erected on the grounds of the Arkansas State Capitol. End of quote. Atheists also attended Thursday's rally at the grounds of the State Capitol building with several speakers urging the existing biblical monument violated the separation of church and state. A similar Ten Commandments statue was installed on the grounds of the Oklahoma State Capitol. But in 2015, the state, the state Supreme Court ruled it should be removed. Judges decided it violated the state's constitution's ban on the use of state property for religious purposes. The Satanic Temple 
has attempted to sue the state of Arkansas over its own monument citing religious discrimination. The group tried to join a cease already uh, join a case already brought against the state by the American Civil Liberties Union or ACL, ACLU, but the ACLU asked the court to bar the religious organization's intervention. About 150 people attended that rally in Little Arkansas. A small group of Christian counter-protesters stood nearby, holding signs with Bible verses and singing hymns. The rally was mainly peaceful, but police did escort one yelling counter-protester away from the speaker's stage. So you have it. Oh, it's gonna be hey, it'll be a hot, it'll be a hot day and it'll be a cold day in hell. It looks like it looks like the um, the battleground the, the the line has been drawn. Yep, which has been drawn for a while now. Oh yeah, it's the, becoming, more, it's becoming more visible. Yeah, the Ten Commandments. Now, as, as a matter of fact, I remember they, they did the same thing. They took down the Ten Commandments in some other state. They did the same thing because because they say it was it was offensive, or, and they did the same thing with the with the nativity scene. Bless you, and they just bless you, and they did the same thing. <laughs> They did the same thing with the um uh gosh I forgot now Ugh. I forgot now I forgot that quick. <laughs> so, but did you notice that just about every state in the union on federal property or the state capital that you don't see any religious artifacts or articles in the school are in any type of public uh, political center. No, no. I, I noticed huh? that. I noticed that. The manger, that's what I was trying to think of. That's what I was trying to think of. They, that, they did the same thing with the manger scene. Right. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the nativity scene. The, 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 the Tiffany, Tiffany, yeah. Yeah. The Tiffany, whatever it is. Yeah, the nativity scene. They they did the same thing with that, and I forgot what state it was. But it, this has been a battle for a long time, just like they have this battle now with the Confederate, with the Confederate, um, with the Confederate statues. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? Here's where you're gonna see the the the, the doo doo hitting the fan, and this is gonna be the end. This is going to be close to the end of the the, uh, the, the tribulation, the beginning of the of the real tribulation. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch what I'm saying now. When the, when a, a politician takes off the office, they will not use the Bible anymore. When they start taking the Bible away from the from the oath of office, watch out. 
Oh boy. That's gonna be that's gonna be something. That's gonna be the last the last holdout. The last of the last of the last. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you see somebody refusing to uh use the Bible for the oath of an office, then you better watch out. Oh yeah. They're coming. Okay. That comes. What? What? What comes first? The the person that's supposed to be on the seat in the in the, in the world order thing. What's his name? Oh gosh. Oh, you talking about the um, Antichrist? Antichrist. All right now. The seating of the Antichrist is going to start taking place sooner than you think. And all of this stuff is going to get ready to come out. Then Jesus is going to come take his church up out of the land. Then you're going to see that whoever's left down here is going to see hell, hell on earth for real. Oh, yeah. That's going to be terrible. I'm, terrible I'm ain't praying. Terrible ain't the word, my brother. <laughs> terrible I'm, ain't the word. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying that I won't be I'm, here. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll pray that I'll be gone by that time. I don't know, brother. It's, it's, things are winding down faster than you think. Yeah, it is. And uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Halloween is right around the corner, too. Uh, don't even mind me. I hate Halloween. <laughs> I hate Halloween. I can't stand Halloween. Yeah, hold on. We're going to do our hail and farewell to Rita Franklin. Oh, come on. Well, I got to kill him. someone who says that's so gay. Turn it around. Did your mom cut the crust off your peanut butter and jelly sandwich? That is so gay. Oh yeah? How would you like it if I said that so guy who makes fun so. of other people's sandwiches mostly because he secretly sells to them and who also has ketchup on his face? Okay, jeez. Sorry. Wait, do I seriously have ketchup on me? When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Brought to you by Glisten and the Ad Council. Talk about a chief. Doc Rivers led his Boston Celtics to an NBA championship. And as the next season opened, and a reporter asked how he liked coaching, Doc called his job a miserable joy. A miserable joy. Doc was saying that no matter how impressive his last victory, a coach is only as good as his next game. Nice job on today's success, coach. Now, million armchair experts await your next mistake. This is Howard Butt Jr. of Lady Lodge. 
Every career has its miserable joy. Success brings criticism. You can bank on that. The bigger the target, the more people shoot at it. The thing is, you don't let it change your game in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org. You're listening to the Tram Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. And not necessarily the express views of Jam Radio and its sponsors. This is Nisha Talk. Oh, <laughs> 
the first goes on forever, like being the first woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She used her voice to marry Rolling Stone once ranked Aretha Franklin the number one greatest singer of all time. She had an almost maternal attitude toward her own songs. Franklin's family just moments ago releasing a statement that reads in part, in 
one of the darkest moments of our lives, we are not able to find the appropriate words to express the pain in our heart. We have lost the matriarch and rock of our family. Our thoughts and prayers are with them and more right now on MSNBC and NBCNews.com. We will return most of you now to more of today. I'm Craig Melvin in New York. This has been an NBC News special report. throughout. 
things like that, you know. Uh, Always lifting up and supporting each other. We loved her to death. We used to joke about her um, curbs because she loved her purse, and it was never far, and that's where all the money was because she wanted to be paid in cash. That, that purse was never out of her eye line. But, you know, we, we have been talking about right? She loved it. We have been talking about the impact of having these strong black women on the cover of magazines yeah. right now about uh, Beyonce, about Rihanna, and Tracy Ellis Ross, and so on. But I want, I want everybody to take a look at this. This is Aretha Franklin on the cover of Time magazine in 1968. That is a trailblazer, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Definitely a trailblazer. And, and uh, we were just so proud of her because you know what something about that spirit and something about that voice you know it was very difficult to what they called crossover in those days you know they wanted to keep us right in the r&b section you know because we were african-american and, and those kind of things you know Rita didn't care she did her music but her music had some magic to it because it just went and swept everybody I don't care what color you were or where you lived or anything like that. That's why she became the icon that she became, because she broke down those barriers, you know. And we all marched with Dr. King, you know, and that kind of thing. So we had that in common as well. When we come together to get something done, it gets something done when we're all on the same page. And that's where we were with our music and with our performances and all of that. We used to sing for his campaigns when he was running for things and, and so forth and so on. And there we were, standing together, you know. And I just, I just really respect that. I didn't know it then, but now I'm so grateful that my parents would take me to concerts to see when I was young to see people like Aretha Franklin and Michael Jackson and Gladys Knight. I saw you at the Astrodome in the 1970s in Houston, Texas, while we were on vacation at Astro. Oh my God! Yes, yes, Gladys Knight. Yes. And Thank you. Ms. Yeah, Gladys Knight. And yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been it. a wonderful journey. You it's be well, and we'll talk next time we talk. Let's hope it's. Uh, for something that's not sad, but I'm glad we're here to celebrate her life. Thank you. Well, I am too. Thank you for having me and allowing me this opportunity to say, well done, my sister. Safe journey home. And I know you're going to be in the heavenly choir, and I hope to join you if when I come, if I make it. Oh, you're going to make okay. it. You're going to make it in. Let's hope it will be for a long, long time. Thank you so much. I know. Thank you. Love you. You as well. So I want to bring in now another of Aretha Franklin's dearest friends, and that is Smokey Robinson. He joins us now on the phone. How you doing, Smokey? Oh, I'm cool, Doc. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So you said this morning that Aretha Franklin was your longest friend. You grew up together. So Absolutely. Talk to me about that. Uh, she was my longest friend, man. You know, I've known Aretha since I was eight years old. So, uh, you know, and everybody else from our neighborhood, from our immediate, you know, Click and our, our immediate friends and all the kids that we grew up with, they're all gone. You know, and uh, she and I used to talk and say, oh, here we last two, last two of the Mohicans, you know. And, uh, but, you know, uh, our father chose to call her, and so she had to go. So, here we are. Yeah. I, I want to play something for you. This is uh, Aretha Franklin from a never before seen interview from an upcoming CNN original series. Take a look and then we'll talk about it. Our first neighborhood in Detroit was over on what's called the north end of Detroit. Yes. And um, 
we stayed right in the corner of Oakland, which was around the corner from my oldest and dearest friend, Smokey Robinson. We were sandbox friends. And uh, I used to give them little tips before they became the miracles. That interview was uh, done in September of uh, last year, of 2017, Smokey. Talk to me about Aretha and the church in Detroit in the early days. When, when did you first hear her sing? Oh, man, I first heard her sing the first day that I met them. Um, her brother Cecil was one of my aces, you know. We, we were together all the time as kids and, and, as, and as adults. Um, and uh, it was like the Franklin family was one of my other families, you know what I mean? And uh, when the first day I met Cecil, a guy lived next door to them named Richard, Richard Ross. And we all played together as all the little kids. And, and like I said, I was eight years old, and um, Richard comes around, and he's got this new guy with him who was Cecil. And he had, she, they had just moved to Detroit from Buffalo, New York. And so we went around to see their new house, which was next door to Richard's house. And we went in, and we were in there. And see, um, uh, Cecil, uh, uh, Aretha grew up on a street called Boston Boulevard in Detroit. And there were two streets in the hood, man. I mean, in the hood, okay? Boston Boulevard and Arden Park. And it was like they were so out of place because these two streets were right in the center of the hood and they were plush and they had mansions and, you know, everything was green and flowers and so on and so forth, right in the middle of the hood. So I lived on Belmont. We lived on Boston Boulevard, which was one of these streets I'm telling you about. So anyway, we go to the house and, uh, and we're there. And it's, it's, like, it's like a mansion. It's like all this stuff in there. And we, growing up, did not have uh, privy to, to sing because none of us had anything like that, you know. But Reverend C.O. Franklin was one of the most popular ministers in the country. So they, that's how they live, but they, they didn't act that way. Right. They, were, they, 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 you know, they were just right down front. Down people, you know, they didn't act uh, hotsy totsy or any of that like that. So we were all really good friends. So we go into the house and, and, and we were walking around, and I hear a piano being played and somebody singing in a little voice from another room. Okay, so I, being curious about music always all my life, I go to see what's happening. And I open this door, and here's little Aretha Franklin, about five or six years old, however she was, sitting at the piano, playing the piano, and singing, damn it, like she sings now, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, it, that was my first, uh, my first sight of her, my first introduction to her. I wonder if you ever thought that you would be performing a duet with her, because you did, uh, on Soul Train, back in 1979, singing one of your songs, so let's look at this. Well, you know, man, Aretha was my baby, you know what I mean? So uh, we were just cool all of our 
has a hard time growing her soul in any way except through her music. Whatever you learn from Aretha when you sit down and talk to her, you've got to watch her on stage if you really want to know what she thinks and feels and agonizes about. After all, this first woman ever inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame can hardly remember a time when she wasn't on stage. Yes, I did. I did very well. What was your reaction to Sam Cooke? 
May all may all go, go down. Go down. Rita Louise Franklin was born uh, March twenty fifth, nineteen forty two. Was an American singer and pianist. She began her career as a child singing gospel at the New Birth Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan, where her father, her father C. Her father C. L. Franklin, was a minister. In 1960, at the age of 18, she was embarked on a secular career called for Columbia Records for achieving only modest success after singing into, at the signing to Atlantic Records in 1967, achieving commercial acclaim and success with songs such as Respect, Chain of Food, Dink, you make me feel like a natural woman. Don't play that song. song. You lie at Spanish Harlem. By the end of the 1960s, well, you got the idea. Uh, go to nationtalkradio.wordpress.com and check out our, our blog. Views and opinions of Nation Talk are not necessary. Express the views of Jam Radio Productions as its sponsors. Jam Radio, uh, be sure to listen to next Sunday at 8 p.m. for Nation Talk. Nation Talk is a Jam Radio Productions presentation. Good night. To all of you, and hope you have a wonderful week. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.